You want your five-star matches? You want your 30-minute classics? Not me. Big meaty men slapping me. What is good, ladies and gentlemen? This is episode two of the Slapping Meat Podcast. I am your host, Randall Beatley, and today we are going to discuss the world of professional wrestling that we know as NXT. We're going to discuss, you know, just from you know my personal opinion on the product now in NXT versus what we've seen in the past. You know, my favorite superstars that have come from NXT, my favorite matches that have come from NXT, what I hope for the future of NXT, and, you know, um, I'll make some controversial statements, I'm sure, throughout this podcast. The first one, let's start it right now. I would much rather watch, as a casual fan what I, because I would call myself a casual fan in this way. I so so, let me clarify. I believe there are three categories of fans. I believe you have, um, your extreme fandoms. We call those marks, right? I believe you have. So the marks are people who eat, sleep, shit. Live wrestling. That's all their life consists of. Um, They sort of live inside of a wrestling bubble. Um, These are the type of people that no matter who the promotion is, no matter who's on the card, if there is a show that says wrestling on the marquee, they are going to be there 24-7. All they care about is wrestling. Right? Those are marks to me. Right, you know, every t- you know, every time I call someone a mark, they're like, "Well, we're all marks. We're all wrestling fans. We're all marks." In a way, yes, but no, because I don't, you know, I be- then believe on the other extreme, you have the what I would call the channel flippers. These are the people that maybe will watch wrestling if if it's on. These are the people that tuned into WrestleMania solely because Stone Cold was showing up, right? These are what I call channel flip. These are the, audi- the the people that Vince Russo tried to get to watch his product. The people who would watch anything else but wrestling. And as they flip the channel, you know, maybe they get get enticed by what's on the TV. And maybe that's how they, you know, they watch their wrestling. Then I believe you have what I would call your casual fan. Um... These are the people who watch wrestling, who enjoy wrestling, are fans of the product. So they're not, you know, channel flipping and just recently discovered the world of professional wrestling. These are fans of the business who 
maybe, you know, don't give 24-7-365 thought about the world of professional wrestling. These are the people that, you know, will go to the show if it's in their hometown, or maybe they'll record the show, but they're not going to stress about missing a show. Um, I know of, I know people who, you know, they plan their entire life around when a, a show is. You know, Wednesdays, Fridays, Mondays, and Tuesdays, and the pay-per-view Saturdays and Sundays, you know, they, they plan their life around when wrestling is on. Your casual fan, you know, you know, may tune in to Monday Night Raw, may tune in for, right? They're not the people who, you know, obsess about the business. Um, maybe they just want something good to watch. And that's where I would put myself. I'm not going to sit here and, you know, freak out because I missed NXT or freak out because I, I missed an episode of Raw or... Or SmackDown. In fact, I'll be quite honest with you. I tend to not watch the weekly shows. Um, I tend to only watch the pay-per-views. And then watch highlights of the other shows. I just feel there's too much wrestling. Every throughout the week. That it's just. It, it, it bogs you down. And so I'll watch highlights. I'll watch segments. But I tend to not watch full shows. I'll even. You know. I'm recording this. T- t- uh, well, technically it's Wednesday morning. I'm recording it at, at like midnight. Um, mostly because I, I took a nap the Tuesday afternoon, got off of work early. It was, uh, scheduled to have a half day, got off early when it went and had a nap and now I can't fall asleep. So I'm recording this episode simply because of that. I just got done watching Great American Bash NXT. Um... And when I, what I mean by watch is I'll, I'll explain why I'm a casual. I simmed through 90% of the show. I watched, I didn't watch a full match on the card. I watched the vignettes. I watched some of the matches. And I still got the full experience of, you know, what the people who spent two hours watching the show. Um... And I do that for a lot of TV, you know, a lot of wrestling. I'll, I'll record it, and I'll watch it. And you know, if I'm not interested in that match, I'll skip it, right? Um, and so I, I will put myself in the casual fan, per, right? And and I like to give the casual fan perspective of the world of wrestling. And so we're going to talk about NXT. And there's so much you could talk about with NXT. You could talk about the the game show. I honestly, I don't consider the game show portion a version of of modern NXT um, as a a separate promotion. I think once NXT in and of itself became its own promotion that ran its own actual events rather than being a game show is when that that's when I'm going to start. And so 
you could talk about sort of the very beginnings with Rollins as NXT champion. I think he had Big E, Reigns, Ambrose, um, Neville, Juice Robinson's guy. What's it? What was his name? C.J. Parker when he was in NXT. Um, EC3 was known as Derek Bateman, I think. You could start there, and I, and I'll be honest, I didn't not, not I didn't really. Li- That's when I first got back into wrestling. Was when that was going on, 2012, 2013, 2014, and I really didn't pay much attention to NXT till about 2015. The uh, the age of Charlotte and Sasha and Becky and Bailey, right? And so the women's division at that time had a special place to me. I thought that was the best place in, for women's wrestling on the planet at that time. Um, and that was really, to sum that up, that was really like the fullness that I watched in XT. I watched it for the women's wrestling. I wasn't a big fan of the stars. Like once you got out of, once Rollins and, and, and them got on the main roster, right, you had, like, uh, Samoa Joe, Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, guys like that, you know, sort of running the company or running the NXT promotion. Finn Balor, Nakamura. At that that time, I just... I wasn't a fan. I mean, I liked Balor. I liked Nakamura. Um, it was I'll be honest, NXT Nakamura was the only time I ever liked Nakamura. Um, you had uh, the revival, and you had Cass and uh, Enzo, and it was a fun moment in NXT. Uh, and then I really think once all of them, Alexa Bliss, Carmella, um, once all of them got caught up, and you had this sort of new regime, what, what we would call the black and gold version of NXT, um, that's when you got your Aleister Blacks, Adam Cole. Andrade, um, McIntyre to me wasn't on NXT enough to consider him like a legitimate, you know, he was a champion and then he got hurt and then he got caught up, right? But, um, Andrade, um, Velveteen Dream, um, Adam Cole, uh, Undisputed Era, uh, Gargano, Ciampa, Alistair Black, guys like this, you know, I really, I'll be honest, had a disconnect with that era of NXT. I really felt that it was, it it was so different than the rest of what was really going on in WWE, and was it wasn't necessarily, in my opinion, good. It was a to me, it was a focus that was solely on the in-ring work. And as I I said in the intro episode, and I'll say it in every other episode, I'm not a fan of... uh, I don't care how good your your work rate is. I don't care how good you are in the ring. I don't. To me, that is the least important part of what makes a professional wrestler to me. I want someone who can promo. I want someone who can uh, tell the story. More than just, you know, doing flips and and all these acrobatic moves. I don't care about all of that stuff. I really don't. Um, 
And so, and I really felt that the NXT that we got, there was a period in time in which I liked Undisputed Era, um, and I liked Gargano, and I liked Ciampa. But they were there. The, my idea of NXT was you bring up a superstar, they, they get their run, they get their opportunity, they spend a year or two getting the experience on NXT, and then they get caught up. And, I mean, the period of what I would call the black and gold, you know, Ciampa, Gargano, Undisputed Era, that was like a four-year run, even with Velveteen Dream, right? That was like a four-year run in NXT. And can I be honest with you? After about two and a half years with those superstars, I got bored with it. I stopped watching NXT. I really just got bored with it. Um, and in, in the middle of this run is when, I guess you could call it the Wednesday Night Wars. I don't think it was really a war or a competition. But that was when AEW started. And, you know, NXT was moving to TV. And I honestly thought NXT, with the superstars that they had representing NXT, were going to have a hard time beating AEW. Because they had a bunch of, let's, I'm just going to be honest, they had a bunch of indie darlings running the brand. They didn't have a real superstar, in my, in my opinion, running the brand at that time. Um, and so now, you know, you, you run like four and a half years of black and gold, you know, with the same superstars on rotation. And now... You have NXT 2.0, which here comes the next controversial statement. I believe NXT 2.0 is the best version we've had of NXT. Here's why. NXT has always been and should always be considered the developmental brand of the WWE. It gets the least amount of ratings. It gets the, you know... In terms of how you would, cons as a casual fan, right, I see Monday Night Raw, I know what that is. I see SmackDown, I know what that is. Because I've watched NXT, I know what that is. But in terms of, like, relevance in the wrestling, in the WWE circle, right, Raw, SmackDown will always be considered the A and B show. NXT was always going to be considered the C show, and you could see that in... The um the the when they did sort of the invasion of of the main roster and did the Survivor Series um sort of like invasion stuff and I think it was like 2019 um and they had the pay per view you know and they were invading the rosters and you had Raw and SmackDown go into NXT and really what that was again it was 2019 AEW had just started. It was a way to get people to watch NXT. Now, that was all that was. It was a way to get people to watch NXT because what, what main roster superstar is going to be there. Um, but, I mean, that didn't last very long because they didn't continue to put any concern. And, and, and again, this is just my opinion. When Adam Cole's your, your main superstar... 
I don't necessarily like, – again, this is nothing against Adam Cole. I think he does good in the ring. But you're not realistic as as a main event superstar when you're in a company that has Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns. I'm sorry. You could be the best worker in the, in the, in the business, but you're, you're small. You're not buff. And again, that's the uh, – I'll just say it this way. With it being a TV show, right? I'll just say it this way. If Superman looked like an average Joe, would you believe that he was a superhero? No. Right? I want my characters to look out of this world, ridiculous strength, look like the, like that I... And with Adam Cole, I honestly feel that if I got an opportunity to actually fight Adam Cole in an actual fight, I I could stand a chance at least for a good minute or two before he started to tire me out. I feel like I had a I have a shot. He just doesn't look main event. He doesn't look world champion to me. Right? This is my opinion. Um and so and again, I just got tired with the Undisputed Era. Um, they got boring. They got stale to me. There was only so much you could do with them when when they had a run. Again, when you use the Undisputed Era, Ciampa and Gargano as your main stars for like literally like three years. It just got boring. Again, it, it, you built Keith Lee and Dijakovic and you ruined them um, when they got to the main roster. But I'll say it again. I believe this version of NXT, NXT 2.0, is the best version of NXT. And I'll tell you why. So Vince McMahon realized, well, we're not getting any better in the ratings. Um, we're just going to get rid of all the older superstars. We're not going to re-sign Adam Cole. We're not going to re-sign O'Reilly. We're going to get rid of Gargano. We're going to move Ciampa up, um, and what we're going to do is we're going to use NXT as what it should be, which is developmental, because it's the C-Show, has always been the C-Show, should always be the C-Show. It's not getting the ratings as, that Raw or SmackDown are getting, so we're going to use it as developmental. We're going to send down Mandy Rose. Because at this point in Mandy Rose's career, she needed to be developed. She wasn't good. Let's just be honest. Mandy Rose was not good. For Her gimmick wasn't good on the main roster. She wasn't good on the main roster. So send her down, right? And she's completely revitalized her career through the toxic attraction gimmick um, and her heel run, right? And so it had benefited Mandy Rose's career, created an entire star in Mandy Rose. Um, but also what that did was it gave at least some sort of main roster, I know that person, when you turned on NXT, because everyone else, when they started 2.0, they, they basically had to create an entire roster from scratch, because everyone else was unknown. And they and Vince McMahon laid down, you know, we're only going to, you know, you have to be young. 
you know, and Vince McMahon has basically said, I'm going to go get me young athletes who have no bad experiences, no bad habits in wrestling, no indie stars, no one, like, right, the, right, they signed some indie wrestlers, but we're going to get young talent, which we can train into and mold into our own image. And I'm a big fan of that because when you go out and you get, and, and I know a lot of people are complaining, like, well, why would you sign this guy over, you know, the indie star that's put 20 years in the business? Well, because most indie stars who have put 20 years in the business are not teachable in that they're set in their ways because they've put 20 years in the business. And a lot of them have bad habits. And a lot of them, and y'all don't understand. Like, this is a TV show. WWE has a style. And you have to fit that style. And that's what NXT was meant to be, was to get you equipped to fit the style of the main roster. Right? And so, I think this version of NXT, in my opinion, has created more stars. Everyone always complains that... The main roster ruined, you know, oh, they ruined Keith Lee. They ruined Karrion Cross, They ruined Aleister Black. No. NXT was a completely different, when Triple H ran it, and I believe Triple H had full autonomy over uh, NXT. I really do. And Triple H won it. Triple H is, well, he's in that wrestling bubble. He's a mark for himself. He's a big indie wrestling fan. He wanted to go out and get the best indie talent and make a show for indie wrestling fans. And that's all fine and dandy, but it doesn't get the ratings. And and, and, and so if you're going to get the same ratings as you are signing the big multi-million dollar indie stars as you can get for signing not multi-million dollar you know, people that you could train and, and, and build into your own image, right? I don't think WWE ruined Keith Lee. Can I just be honest with you? I think Keith Lee ruined Keith Lee. This isn't me blaming Keith Lee, but look at Gunther, right? Look at Gunther. If you looked at Gunther a year and a half ago, way out of shape, not fit, overweight, definitely, um... And WWE sent him to the Performance Center, basically told you, we're not putting you on TV until you lose weight. And they did that with Gunther, and they did that with Keith Lee. Gunther followed the rules, followed the commands of, of the bosses. He lost the weight in the best shape of his life. Right? And he's the Intercontinental Champion. Keith Lee, on the other hand for whatever reason, decided I don't want to lose the weight and ended up getting released. If Keith Lee would have just looked presentable in the WWE fashion, and you could argue whether or not WWE should be, you know... But again, they're trying to present their characters in a way that's believable to them to be superheroes and out-of-this-world, not-normal-people. Right, and it's just like Ember Moon, I guess now known as Athena, went on and like complained about how WWE basically expected perfection out of them. Like, God forbid the number one wrestling promotion in the entire world requires perfection out of everyone that they hire. God forbid your employer 
requires you to, to meet some sort of standard, right? It's just, it's crazy. It's crazy. Like, I'll be honest, I was never a big Ember, Man, Ember Moon fan. She had her indie following, but I didn't see anything special in her. She didn't represent anything special to me that no that like she did the same thing everybody else and that was this is my problem with the indies and with like AEW and ROH and stuff like this everybody does the same thing no one stands out they all look the same there's nothing unique and so when you get something unique right at least with the, like I'm not a fan of Danhausen but at least with Danhausen it's like unique you don't really see that type of gimmick. And, I mean, I can give him credit for that. Like, I hate Orange Cassidy. I think Orange, Ca- Orange Cassidy proved at Forbidden Door to me that he doesn't need the stupid gimmick that he does where he, like, give 50... Like, he's a great wrestler. He doesn't need... Like, to me, the gimmick holds him back from really displaying what Orange Cassidy can do. Um, I, that's just my opinion. But back to NXT. Like, like, and so, I'll say, like, I loved Kevin Owens in NXT. I did. I thought he was fantastic. I loved FTR, or well, the revival. I loved Heavy Machinery. I loved, um, you know, Neville was fun to watch in NXT. Um, trying to remember earlier teams and stuff. Um, Enzo and Cass. Um, stuff like that. that was fun. I liked Gargano when he got there. That was a fun part. But again, he was used basically in the same role for four years straight, and it got boring. It really, it really did. He didn't reinvent himself. He was the same person. He turned heel, but was really like the same person. Um, I've never been a big fan of Ciampa. I liked FTR, but I was never... It was more so I liked Gargano. I was never a big fan of Ciampa. Um, Velveteen Dream, I thought, was the next superstar in the business. I still think... I get, you know, that he's done what he was accused of. Whether or not he did it or not... I think he should get a second chance. I'm just going to say Darby Allen has been proven to have done things, and no one bats an eye at it. Not saying that Darby Allen or Velveteen Dream are good people. They're both shitheads. But if Darby Allen's able to be on TV, why the hell is Velveteen Dream not? Right? Um, but there was a lot of good in you know, 2014, 2015, 2016 uh, NXT. There's a lot of good going on there. When the Street Profits started too, like they they were good on NXT, and I just I I just I don't know. It's just it's hard for them. To, I really to get traction on on the when tag team wrestling isn't a WWE fixture. Um. Anyway, and then I mean you get between like twenty. I would say like 2017 to 2020, 
2021. Like 2017 to 2021 NXT was not a big fan of. When they rebranded as NXT 2.0, I've I I was a big fan of that. The idea that it's developmental and we're going to develop these superstars into our own mold, into our own image. You know, I think they have stars in the making on the NXT roster. I really do. I really think that the NXT roster has superstars in the making. Braun Breaker being the leader of that pack. You can say he only has two moves or five moves, but that's all you need. He has the look. He has the charisma. He's one of the best promos in WWE, in my opinion. Like, he's a natural on the mic. Um, he has the look, he's athletic, um, you know, his main move is a spear, which is, you know, yeah, he played football, so it's good, right, that's what he's good at, like, um, he has that Goldberg, Roman Reigns, he's gonna get the, he's going to get the, the rocket shot, I'm happy for the future of WWE, because it's gonna be theory, it's going to be, Braun Breaker, um, in the women's division, is a little bit sketchy on who's going to like be the, the hoist because eventually Charlotte's going to get old and, and Becky's going to get old and we're not going to really want to see them anymore. Like We're already at that part where like I don't want to see Becky win the belt again. I don't want to see Charlotte win it again. I don't want to see Shasha again. Maybe one more Bailey run just when she returns, but I really don't want Bailey to be champion. Bianca sort of got the hold right now, but you need more behind her. I'm not sold. Like, I love Rhea Ripley, but I'm not sold on her being a main event talent. Mandy Rose, I think, could be, have a, a run or two, but I don't, I, I, my one thing that NXT doesn't have to me is that one or two legit women superstars that are, legitimate threats in the in the in the division um maybe Nikita Lyons I'll have to see more of her in-ring work she's a good promo she she has a really good look to her not just because she's drop dead gorgeous right but it's also proving to me I'll just tell you this like NXT is also proving to me that you could push the limit in the sexuality of your, your program without going past PG, but still, you know, because Mandy does the bikini sh- uh, bikini scenes every now and then. Um, I, and, I mean, there's a lot of sexual jokes that go on in NXT. Uh, I'll tell you, a superstar that I... Doesn't wrestle a lot and is definitely going to be a mid-carder the rest of his career. But I just love him as Andre Chase. But, you know, if we look at, like, stars, faces of the company for the future, Braun Breaker, Carmelo Hayes, and um, the Creed brothers are fantastic. They're not really good, like, promo. If they can get better at that, they'll be fine. But they have that look. Um, the Creed brothers are good. Um, just, I mean, the future of WWE is so bright. D'Angelo. Um, 
Duke Hudson's okay. Um, there's just a lot of new talent in NXT that there's a, there's some stuff on NXT I don't like. I don't like Wendy Chu's gimmick. I think it's childish and corny. Um, what the hell is that tag? I don't think they have a tag team name, but Briggs, Briggs and Jensen, I love them. Um, the sort of country redneck gimmick, I love that. Being down south, um, and it was like, oh, but the stereotype gimmicks are shouldn't be used. Yes, yes, they should be used because stereotype gimmicks are funny. Everyone got mad. Oh, they're just gonna make Tony D'Angelo be a typical mobster stereotype gimmick. That's that's racist. No, 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 no. Guess what? It's funny. It's entertaining. It's a character. Stop being offended. That's the biggest issue in the wrestling community. We're gonna end this with the with that topic here in a minute. Um. But yeah, it's it's fun. It's a fun brand NXT is. Like, there's a lot of you get to see a lot of development. There's a lot of failure. I I think we're gonna get out of NXT. Um, I think we're gonna close the talk of NXT with. There's rumors that every 90 days there's going to be releases from the NXT roster. And I like that idea. I like that idea. It's sort of like you got 90 days to show to us that you belong on this roster. If, if you don't, we're going to cut you. It's just like the NFL or, or the MLB or the NHL, right? You get... A period of time, right? With with NFL, you're at camp right now. Like the NFL is starting, or have already started, like training camps. And at the end of training camp, and within the days of training camp, even within the season, if the coach says, "Well, you're not living up to standard," we're gonna cut you. People get cut all the time in the NFL. It's part of the business, and I think we should normalize the fact that. These athletes are athletes, and it's okay if they get cut. It's not the end of the world. They can go and tour the indies. They can go and join AEW, right, if they want to, right? And so you get superstars that maybe, you know, sign but never show up on TV and get cut, right? They do do that a lot with NXT. There's a lot of NXT superstars that have been signed and cut within 90 days. Um, And... That's just the nature of the business. I think that should be something that should be normalized. That, hey, releases happen. Alright, so we'll end this with a quick um, discussion on the internet wrestling community. There's two things about the internet wrestling community that bother me. And I, and I, and I mention this because... Um, I don't want to say I'm a content creator because I don't make a lot of content. I just rant a lot on wrestling. Um, and, I mean, I have like 600-something followers on TikTok. Go follow my TikTok at Randall Beatley. Um, but there's two things about the wrestling community that really bother me. The first thing are those who complain about everything. They always have to find something to complain about, right? So it's WWE doesn't create new stars, but they give you new stars and, oh, no, but not that one, right? That 
that grinds my gears. Especially when it's like, I don't understand this story. I hate this story. I'm not going to let the story play out. I'm just going to complain about it. Right? And we get that a lot. You know, We've seen it a lot with Theory winning money in the bank. I'm open-minded about it. I think it's a good idea. Um, and I, I want to see how this story plays out before I, before I judge it. You know, once he either cashes in the money in the bank and that story, this storyline's over, then we could critique whether or not it was a good idea. But let the story play out. But the second one, the second thing that irritates me about the online wrestling community are the people who, like, constantly call out the toxicity of the online wrestling community. Like, while I don't like people who complain all the time, I think there I think there are people who literally watch wrestling to find things that are wrong. But I also think there are people who complain about toxicity where toxicity doesn't belong. Like doesn't actually exist. Um it is okay for people to have their own opinions and for people to argue opinions. That is how you know you know debate and argument is how you grow the understanding of the bit, like if, if I make a, a, a comment, right? Let's just say what the comment I made earlier about NXT 2.0 being the best version of NXT. If someone disagrees with me, they have all the right in the world to call me an idiot. Right. But I also have all the right in the world to reply to them and call them an idiot as well. Um, is there toxicity in how people sort of, you know, if you're telling someone to kill themselves on the internet, you're you're a troll, and I don't take you serious, right? Um, that's not needed. But let people argue their opinions, right? If you don't like my opinion, it's easy to keep scrolling. But I think argument, discussion, and and just you know expressing your opinion should be allowed. And it's not toxic for for me to say, well, your opinion's stupid because of this. That's not toxic. That's me expressing my opinion about your opinion. And it's how the bait gets formed. It's how conversation gets started on the topic. It's not toxic, though. I don't think the internet community is as toxic as the internet community says it is. Um, there's some toxic people in it. But I think I think the big issue, and I'm and this is going to be critiqued as me being toxic and me being hateful. I think the big issue in the in the not just the online wrestling community, but the online community in and of itself. I think the biggest issue with today's generation is no one wants to be offended or triggered by someone else like we this we all just need to get along sort of ideology is is a cancer to society we all don't need to get along right we all don't need to agree we all don't need to get be on the same page we all don't need to love each other that's that's to me that's stupid right if i think your ideology is stupid or if your opinion doesn't make sense, I should be able to say that doesn't make sense. But 
but I think a lot of people don't want to offend people, and I don't think a lot of people want to trigger people. And I have no, I have no problem doing either of it. I have no problem doing either of it. I don't intentionally go out of my way to try to be to try to trigger people, but it uh, it isn't hard to try. It isn't hard to trigger people, right? It isn't hard in this generation to, right? If I have an opinion and my opinion triggers you, that's your fault. That's your fault. Especially if my opinion is based on factual information. That's your fault if you're triggered, not mine. Facts do not care about your feelings. And neither do my opinions. All right, so let me guys know. We're going to end this episode right here. Let me know. What is your favorite version of NXT? Is it, um, you know, what I would call, like, the early years, you know, the Rollins? Um, like, what is your favorite version of NXT? Am I right? Is the, Should NXT be developmental? Should it be a third brand? How do you guys think about that? Let me know. Again, follow me on TikTok at Randall Beatley. That's R-A-N-D-A-L-L-B-E-A-T-L-E-Y. Thank you guys for listening to the Slapping Meat podcast um i will see you on the next episode